Hey guys, I'm Valerie. And I'm Jasmine, and this is Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. Today, I have a really strange, and some people consider it controversial, case to share with you guys. So I will be very interested to see if you've heard this before, Jasmine, or if anybody else has heard it. And we're going to be talking about Sherry Papini. So the sources for today are People, New York Post, Strange Outdoors, CBS Sacramento, ABC News, Inquisitor, LA Times, San Francisco Gate, and Newsweek. And I do want to give a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about self-harm. So at 4.30 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning, November the 24th, 2016, a motorist in rural Yolo County. Yes, Yolo County. Is that the greatest thing you've ever heard? (laughs) Yolo. I know that they were so excited when that became a thing. (laughs) (laughs) So in Yolo County, California, spotted a woman running along the interstate, frantically trying to summon help. She was bound with restraints. A chain around her waist that was connected to her left wrist with a zip tie and to her ankles with clamps. 34-year-old Sherry Papini had been released from her captors 150 miles south of her home. Sherry was taken to Woodland Memorial Hospital and treated for her injuries, which included the bridge of her nose that was broken, She had bruises all over her body, ranging in color because of the varying stages of healing, and she only weighed 87 pounds. 87 pounds? Holy shit. Yes. And even, I mean, she was a relatively thin woman to begin with, but 87 pounds for a 34-year-old grown-ass woman? Mm. Mm. She had also been branded on the back of her right shoulder. So, for anybody who doesn't know, branding is when, how do you even describe branding? <laughs> you get, it's like an iron, like a, like an iron rod, basically. And then it, you can like, like if you're a welder or something, you can form it into whatever shape. So, like, they do it for, I think it's cattle. And, um... They brand them that way. If they ever get lost, they know who it belongs to because that certain brand. Um, so basically, you're going to stick it in fire until it's like that um, bright red color. And then you stick it, you fucking put it on whatever surface, whether it's an animal or in this case, a person. And it burns the fucking emblem or whatever is at the end of it on you permanently. And it leaves like a scar. It's almost like, um, have you ever seen like a keloid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of like forms like a keloid basically, or like a tattoo that's still risen, but it just, it looks like a nasty scar. I honestly don't know why I know it, know so much. Cause like I didn't grow up like on a farm or anything. I just have this knowledge. It's really weird. That was a really good description. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And, It's probably, if you, if I really sit there and I think about it, it's probably one of the most horrifying kinds of torture I can think of is have somebody brand me. Absolutely. It's just, it's almost like, I feel like if you, like somebody put out a cigarette, a lit cigarette on you like a thousand times or more, like that's gotta be so painful. And like, you can, like, I can only imagine you smelling literally your skin cooking. 
It's just it the smell of burnt flesh. I've never smelt it myself, but I can only imagine like how atrocious that must smell to like to anybody in general. And I couldn't oh, imagine like an animal. Like I, I just yeah no. I can't either, and I just I can't imagine how long that lasts until you start to not feel it anymore. I guess maybe your body goes into shock, but it just it it sounds really horrific. So she had been branded on the back of her right shoulder. And the specific thing that was branded on her wasn't ever publicly released. But authorities stated that it was a message, not a symbol. And also her long blonde hair had been hacked off. So in DNA testing, they found female DNA on her body and male DNA on her clothes. So what the hell happened? On November 2nd, 2016, 22 days earlier, Sherry's husband, Keith, came home from work. Sherry and the kids weren't there, though, and he thought that was kind of odd considering the time. So he called the daycare to see what time Sherry picked up their two kids. And it was then that he found out that the kids hadn't been picked up yet. He tried to locate Sherry using the Find My iPhone app and locate her cell phone. And it was about a mile from their house, near a running trail that Sherry used. So he followed the app and he went to the location where her phone was. And he found her phone, but it was only her phone. And it was on the ground with her headphones neatly wrapped around it, with hair ripped out, attached to the headphones. Keith immediately contacted authorities to alert them. And a $50,000 reward was offered for her safe return. Police uncovered text messages between Sherry and a male acquaintance from Michigan that spanned a few months prior to her disappearance. It was never stated if the relationship was anything other than platonic, and this acquaintance had visited California days before her disappearance, but he wasn't in Redding, where she lived, when she went missing. There was also no indication that they ever met up and they were able to successfully rule him out as a suspect. Aside from that, there was nothing particularly suspicious or concerning in Sherry's phone or near where it was found. Now that Sherry was okay, she was able to tell police a little bit about what happened to her. She had been out jogging the morning of November 2nd when two Hispanic women with guns abducted her and took her into their dark-colored SUV. When they reached their destination, they held her captive in the basement for 22 days and beat her relentlessly. According to Sherry, she was never sexually assaulted. They gave her clothing to wear, and if she didn't keep her head down, they would beat her. The two women wore face coverings, similar to the kind of fishing type mask that covers your face. You know what I'm talking about, where it kind of hangs on your neck and you lift it above your nose? I think so. Yeah, it kind of looks like a handkerchief. And a, I think I know what you're talking about. Kind because like when you pull it over, it's just like a fuck. It's like a circle, like an oval, and then you can just there. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I was gonna see real quick if there's an actual name. No, they are considered fishing masks, so I guess that's gator. They're called gator masks. Okay. They were wearing something similar to that, so it was obstructing the lower half of their faces. 
Sherry was able to give a limited description of her abductors, and after she recovered for a bit, she was able to work with a sketch artist to make composite sketches, and here's how she described the women. The first one was between 20 and 30 years old, about 5'5", and had long curly hair, pierced ears, and thin eyebrows. The second one was between 40 and 50 years old, about 5'7", with straight black hair that had some gray strands, and she had thick eyebrows. They both had thick accents and spoke mostly Spanish. The DNA samples collected from Sherry's clothes and body were put into CODIS and they yielded zero results. Keith, however, was not a match for either of them, so they were able to definitively rule him out also. Detectives showed Sherry surveillance footage in the area near her capture of SUVs, and she didn't find any of them to be familiar. So police had, like, literally nothing to work with. And additionally, nobody ever came forward to try and claim the reward money. And there was a lot of speculation about this, about why someone would release her when they already had her captive, especially because she didn't escape. She said that she was released. Now, I don't know anything about reward money. I just want to make that quick disclaimer. I know (laughs) nothing about reward money. But wouldn't they be able to track where it went? Like, it seems kind of dumb for a criminal to try and get their reward money. But maybe not. Like, something, like, tell me if I'm wrong. No, like, I, I don't know either. Like, it would make sense to me they would have, like, some kind of record of, like, who they gave this money to for like solve potentially solving the case because I'm assuming that's why they right. gave it to them. Like I gave it to Valerie because she was the one who gave us the most helpful tip to go subdue this person, and then they just write it down and there. Like I feel like that's something they would do. Like keep it in the case file. Like that would make sense. Right, and so people were saying, well, why was she released if nobody? came forward to get the reward money. It's like, okay, but how would they come forward for getting the reward money and let her go and not get arrested? Right, exactly. Like, even when they negotiate with, like, hostage takers, it's never, we're literally going to let you go. It's, we're going to, we're going to work with you to, you know, have you release your hostage. But at the end of the day, you know, either way, you're coming with us. Right. Right. Or maybe maybe they do try to work something out where they can somehow anonymously wire money, but I just don't see how that could possibly be a thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. None of the um TV shows that I I've watched have prepared me for this moment accurately. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody does know, please tell us cuz I would love to know if that's a possible thing. But that's not the only thing that people thought was weird about her abduction. Sherry also told investigators a story about how she had an altercation with the younger abductor. While she was allowed to shower, the abductor would be in the bathroom with her. They got into an altercation, which resulted in Sherry's foot getting cut up, and she slammed the abductor's head into the toilet. But there was no evidence of any cut on Sherry's foot. Now, though investigators thought this inconsistency was a little weird, They figured her memory was probably a little bit foggy from everything that had happened. It wasn't until tips started coming in that they began to really question what happened to Sherry. 
First, a man called the Shasta County Sheriff's Office to say that it was a hoax, that Sherry had actually been with him for the 22 days, not the alleged abductors. But my issue with this is that would literally be the easiest thing to lie about for this man. And like, you can very easily, you know, be like, well, why would somebody do that? People call in fake tips all the time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's like heartbreaking. But yeah, people literally do. How many cases have we covered where like even like people in jail like sit there and make false um, statements like it, people do it all the time. Just be assholes. Right. And, you know, this guy would have gotten no benefit from it. But, like, here's the thing. If she had been with this guy for 22 days, I want you to explain the bruising and the branding to me. Like, are you telling me also that you did that? Right. Like, <laughs> you and know what I mean? if you did, like, I'm pretty sure, like, it may not have been, like, consensual if she's coming to the cops about it. So, like, then you should be arrested. Just saying. Right. That's definitely assault. And... <laughs> What's more curious are a few things from Sherry's past, especially because she had some unresolved issues with her mom at the time that she was really young. So when she was 18, she had run away and she kicked in the back door of the family home, which they reported as vandalism. When she was 21, her parents involved the police for Sherry stealing money from her dad's bank account, which she apparently later returned. Several months later, Sherry's mother reported to the police that Sherry was accusing her of abuse, but was actually self-inflicting injuries. Now, that's where I think the majority of doubt of Sherry's situation stemmed from. But again, we're talking about a 34-year-old woman. She's not 21 anymore. But even so, people are suggesting that Sherry self-inflicted these injuries. And I don't know where they think she went. For those 22 days, but they're suggesting that she was not actually abducted. So let's talk about it. She had chains on her and was beaten over a period of time. Because remember, her bruises are in various stages of healing. So is it possible she inflicted those bruises on herself? Yeah. Is it possible that she attached the chains just while she was trying to escape? Or well, I mean, I guess just escaping. Also, yes. But why go through all that? And why not just say you escaped? Like, why saying that they released you? Like, she literally said that they released her. Just be like, I got out. You know what I mean? And you don't have to be chained for that to be believable. And if she had really just run off with a man for 22 days, was she not planning on returning? Because that means she left her cell phone to be found where it was on purpose. And to me, if you're not planning on returning, why not just get a divorce? That's much easier. But, you know... And if she was planning on returning, again, why go through the extensive wounds and chains? And even more, why the branding? That's completely unnecessary. And I want to think about this too. And the problem is, is I can't get the exact location. What it said is the back of her right shoulder. So to me, that's a place that how do you possibly brand yourself? I'm not saying it's impossible. Like logically speaking, I don't think so. I mean... I mean, I guess it could be, like, if you found something and, you know, lit it up long enough with fire or whatever, but, like, you have to have it in a steady place and then all this extra shit has to go in. I mean, and then also with one of the things that you said about her, you know, like, potentially running off with somebody, like, 
like you said, the branding part just throws the whole thing off because then again, she would have to have been with that person. That person would have had to been okay with branding her, like knowing what this causes to somebody, to a person, to a human, to an animal, to anybody. Like you would have to be mentally okay with doing that to somebody just to go along with this story, supposedly this story. And I feel like, I guess, like, the whole thing, like you said, like, the whole thing with her, like, self-inflicting injuries and things like that when she was younger, that doesn't help her case. But, like, I feel like this is a little too extreme for you to sit there, for them to sit there and say, she made it up. Yeah. I just, it's when you add all those little things, like, the the excessive things, like the chains and the branding that are not necessary to add if you're, like if you're inflicting these injuries on yourself and then want to escape, like, and even if she was like, I'm going to connect these chains, it's going to look real. It's going to whatever. First of all, whose DNA is it that's on her? Right. Second, again, physically possible that she branded herself. Yeah. Why? That's totally not necessary. And why would you pick the hardest place on your body to do that to yourself? Because think about it. The way you'd have to hold it would be, I mean, even if you're really flexible, that would be pretty uncomfortable. Why not just do it to your leg? You know what I mean? Right. A branding is a branding. Like, you know, I feel like the spot that it's in is significant in that way because if it was somewhere else, you could say, well, yeah, I mean, this makes even more sense. But like, no. And also, why do such torture to yourself? Like, I don't know. Like, so I know this is a movie, but like, you ever seen Gone Girl? Yes. Okay. So you see like when she punched herself in the face or whatever she did to give herself a black eye and dramatic and shit like that. Like, let's play devil's advocate. It is possible that somebody could do this to themselves. Like you said, it would be super hard, super uncomfortable for the branding part. I think that's one part I just can't get over. She was kidnapped by these two women. Like, these two women, you know, held her prisoner, whatever, whatever. I just don't see a reason why they would let her go, realistically speaking. Do you think that it's possible that they were seeing how heavily people were looking for her or the reward money scared them? That they thought maybe they're going to get caught because... You know, clearly her husband's looking for her and her family's looking for her and maybe we'll get caught. I mean, that could be a possibility. At the same time, though, I just maybe, yeah, maybe like they were like, this isn't worth the headache that it's already causing. Like, just fuck it. Just let her go. Whatever. I just the story for me is like, I feel like it's kind of far-fetched in just my personal opinion. Maybe, maybe that's not a good thing to say. I don't know. Um, I don't want to offend. I mean, I want your honesty. Yeah, I don't want to offend anybody. But like, for me, the story seems kind of far-fetched because how often do you hear of, you know, abductors letting these people just go randomly? Right. Especially when, even if you, they, she only saw half of their face or, you know, whatever, like, you know, honestly, the way she described these two Hispanic women, they could be my aunt and my cousin, like one of my aunts and one of my cousins, because it just, it could have been me. Like, you never know. Like, that's, it just sounds like, it's like whenever you have like these sketches of these white guys, they all look the same. It's just like a generalized 
like true like ideation of who you saw or you know of what you saw i don't know i just so let me ask you something let me ask you two questions actually first one why so if you're thinking that maybe this is made up why would she do it why disappear for 22 days and hurt yourself maybe okay a lot of times when people do things like this or like like i said i'm just comparing this to movies because that's the only thing that i have because i've never like really heard of anybody actually doing this and maybe there has been people in like real life that have done this but like maybe she she was craving that attention like i don't know maybe maybe she needed maybe she just wasn't feeling like she got the attention like i don't know how to say it without like i don't want to blame her for anything because god forbid like this really really did happen to her and i don't want to take anything away from her i just i don't you were just speculating so you're saying maybe she could have done this for attention yeah maybe why the branding to so why 22 days so 22 days yeah that is pretty random like you why 150 miles from her house how did she get there these are all very good questions that I have not thought of. So the branding, I feel like it gives you that shock factor. That it like it, that really kind of like would like it would make her story more real in a way. Like I mean, it's the the branding is the thing for me that same. makes me believe her story. Same. That's why I'm kind of like playing devil's advocate, but at the same time I'm like listening to myself, but I'm like still you can't go past the branding. Like, you, you just can't, we can't get past that. That's that's a very visible thing. That's a very hard thing to do, especially, like you said, it was on her shoulder that that makes it really hard for her just to have done it to herself. I just... I mean, it's, it's possible, though. I mean, I can tell you, I can think of a way that I could do it to myself in the back of my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, I mean, it's like the least, it's like the hardest way you could possibly do it, which for that point makes it seem like somebody else did it. Yeah. Also, I think the other part that kind of gets me is the fact that she says she got in a fight with the younger one. So, like, Mm -hmm. so if you, you got in a fight with the other one, she, she did end up overpowering her, right? Well, I mean, she knocked her into a toilet, but then they beat her. Yeah. I mean, you, you think it would have been easier to do it to the older one, not the younger one. The younger one who was in the bathroom with her, though. Yeah, that's true. I guess here's the thing, just in general, is that regardless of which side you think makes more sense, I have a million questions. Because if she did this to herself, why did she go that far? Why did How did she even get there? Right. Why did she do this? And, like, where actually was she? But then if she didn't do it to herself why did they take her to begin with and why did they let her go so like I'm thinking about it and I'm like okay well she's I mean she's a beautiful woman Mm -hmm. maybe they took her thinking that they could use her for I don't know drug smuggling uh sex work who knows And maybe they found out that she actually wasn't going to be a good candidate because she was too public, like publicly known at this point because people were looking for her. But at the same time, how did they think people weren't going to be looking for her? 
So that maybe is that doesn't true. make sense. That is true. Like, now, I feel like if this was, like, if she was in, like, Mexico, it would be different. Because, like, uh, I've told you before, like, the first time I ever went to Mexico, I wasn't allowed to speak English because they target Americans or people who speak English. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, this would be different if it was that, if that was the case. But, like, it's... My other thought would be, like, maybe... Okay, so what about this? What if she possibly decided she wanted to leave her family, wanted to leave her husband, she didn't want anything to do with that life anymore? Maybe she left to start a new life, and then she got caught up with the wrong people. So my problem with that is that not only did her and her husband not have any issues, they are still together. So it's it's nothing, like... I mean, I guess you could say that she, you know, was considering leaving her husband and nobody knew that there was something wrong. Yeah. She was considering leaving her family and then panicked and decided not to. So she made this elaborate scheme, which could be a reasonable theory based on she had been talking to somebody. Again, we do not know whether or not that was platonic, but who was in California at the time, who was from Michigan. You could be like, okay, well... Maybe they set this up and then after, you know, spending the 20 days with him or whatever, she's like, I got to get out of this. I want to actually be with my family. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, but again, here's the thing. She has various stages of healing. So she had been inflicting wounds on herself the entire time. So even if if she if that's what she was doing, somebody had been inflicting wounds to her the entire time of her abduction. Yeah. So regardless of who that was... If she had left with intention to come back, or excuse me, if she had left without intention to come back, then why was she getting bruised the entire time? Like, if she was doing this to herself, that means that she knew the entire time that she was going to be coming back because she has bruises from the entire time. Right. So I want to read you a passage that's from Shasta County Sheriff Tom Basenko from a press conference that happened on November 30th, so just several days after she was safely found. And it says, quote, The Shasta County Sheriff's Major Crimes Unit continues to dedicate all of its resources to identifying and apprehending those individuals who are responsible for the abduction of Sherry Papini. Over the last two days, major crimes detectives have been interviewed, excuse me, have interviewed Sherry at an undisclosed location. The interviews were very intense for both the investigators and for Sherry, her having to relive this traumatic event. She was cooperative and courageous during interviews. During the interviews with Sherry, she described the sequence of events to the best of her recollection. Remember that she was held against her will and was isolated. There are still a lot of unknowns about her assailants. However, we commend Sherry for her efforts to sit down with our detectives and provide a statement. I would like to remind the media that we do not, we will not disclose everything about the case or what Sherry provided us for the integrity of the investigation as it is active and ongoing. Sherry described her assailants as two Hispanic female adults. She related that both of the subjects spoke in Spanish the majority of the time of her captivity. Further, the suspects concealed their faces in an attempt to hide their identities from her. She provided the following information regarding the suspects. Suspect number one was the younger of the two suspects. She had long curly hair and a thick accent. She had pierced ears. She had thin eyebrows. Suspect number two was the older of the two suspects. She had thick black hair with gray in color. 
She had thick eyebrows. Sherry did her best that she could in providing the descriptions, but was not able to provide a detailed description due to the suspects covering their faces, and at times, Sherry's head was covered. Detectives showed Sherry surveillance video, which was recovered on November 2nd, of several SUV-style vehicles that were seen in the area at the time of her abduction. According to Sherry, none of the vehicles shown to her in the video were a match. Sherry did receive injuries over the three-week period in which she was abducted and held captive. I will confirm that the suspects did brand her. I will not get into details of where the brand is located on her body, nor what was branded on her for, again, the integrity of the investigation. Major Crime Unit continues to dedicate all available resources towards this investigation. Evidence items gathered from the Yolo County scene will be submitted to the California Department of Justice for physical examination and processing. Detectives have written additional search warrants for cell phone information and are receiving data as it becomes available. I'm very thankful for the many tips and the community support to both the Papini family and to the Shasta County Sheriff's Office. I'd like to thank the following agencies for their continued assistance throughout the investigation. Shasta County Probation Department, Shasta County District Attorney's Office, the Reading Police Department, California Highway Patrol, Yolo County Sheriff's Office, California Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, AMR Ambulance, and the Shasta County Search and Rescue Team. Until we identify the suspects, the public should remain cautious. As always, we continue to ask for the public's help. Our call to action is for anyone with information related to Sherry's abduction, her subsequent release, or the identity of the suspects to call their local law enforcement authority. The Shasta County Sheriff's Office has a tip line. That number is active 24 hours a day, and that number is 530-245-6135. Callers can also call tips into Shasta County's secret witness, and that number is 530-243-2319. We are thankful that Sherry has been reunited with her family and asked to keep the Papini family in your thoughts and prayers throughout this holiday season. I also want to thank Keith Papini, her husband, for his cooperation and information in this case throughout the investigation. Again, this is an active investigation, and there is sensitive information that is not being disclosed for the integrity of the investigation. The Sheriff's Office will continue to update the media when information is developed. As of today, there's not going to be further one-on-one -on -one interviews, press conferences, or news releases, unless new information or new developments in the case take place. Since this has happened, Sherry very much stays inside all of the time, and her children don't play in the yard that often. She acts like somebody who has gone through trauma, whether or not it was trauma she did to herself or trauma that occurred because of other people is what is obviously being debated by everybody. Sometimes with, like, cases like this, I do feel bad, like, when we talk about them. And, like, when we, like, with me just speculating, like, I feel bad for the way that I, I think sometimes. I, I feel like other people might, like, feel that way, too. And then, because, like, at first, like, before you hear how these people act every within their everyday life, like, you don't 
you don't really like think about that and like just like with you describing like how you know she stays inside and her kids don't go out and play and like this really has taken a toll on her so like things like that kind of make me feel like well you know what she could very well really have gone through something like this and it's just sad it is and here's the thing I guess that I want to say conclusively in my opinion is that whether or not this happened to her because of an outside influence or because of herself, it very yeah. much happened to her. So who knows? This could be a mental illness. This could be an abductor. This could be anything. Right. And whatever happened to her was very real to her. Even if she did it to herself, it was very real to her because she has suffered from it since then right and now her children suffer from it as well because you know their mom like is just probably in a constant state of like looking over her shoulder and like of course you know if you live in like a small town or even if you live in a big town you never know like people know who you are and like you know you want to protect your kids at all costs and you want to protect yourself with the last bit of like I don't know what's a good way to say it, like, the last bit of, like, sanity that you might have left. I don't know if that's a really good way to say it, like, for your mental health, like, for yourself. Like, you want to protect that as much as you can. So, it does kind of stuff. Like, I'm honestly in a gray area. I just, I, I can't get over the fact that they let her go. Just, they just let her go. Like, for me, that doesn't make sense to me. But then there's she was branded she like like you said where was she for 22 days like it just it it doesn't make sense right we know she was somewhere yeah and she was only 87 pounds right so she was potentially withholding food from herself only till she just for bare survival was she eating? You know what I mean? It's just there's so many levels of extreme torture that were going on that doing that to yourself is outlandish to me. I know that her store, and here's the thing too, is that people are poking holes in her story. Mm-hmm. Maybe that her story is that way because that's how her brain has dealt with it. People always say that trauma messes with your memories. It's very possible that she is misremembering things. I was just going to say that. Like, maybe, so I was, like, literally, I was literally thinking this just now. Like, what if she just got, like, maybe she got lost or something. Like, she could have been out in the woods for so long. And then, like, this is how she coped. Like, not to say it's a bad, like... But not to say that, I don't know how to say it. Like, maybe this is just her brain coping with it. But once again, the branding, where did that come from? Who did it to her? Yeah, I mean, I was actually not suggesting that this didn't happen. <laughs> I was suggesting that it no, happened. No. Yeah. But she was misremembering details of what happened there. Like, maybe she really did see their faces a couple times and she doesn't even know that she did. Her brain was blocking it out. You know, we've talked about this in many cases where I'm like, wow, I can't believe how... In like how with it some people are and how in the moment some people are and they can react. Mm -hmm. You don't know how you're going to react in a situation. And her brain in survival mode 
might have cut out details. It might have had her thinking that she got into a fight with the abductor when she really didn't. Can you imagine how delirious you would be if you weighed 87 pounds and had been being tortured and branded? I just I I can't but like just to put it this way like for me when my brain I sometimes can't remember what I said five seconds after I said it like I had somebody ask me one time I said something and they're like what did you just say and I literally was like what I I don't know what I just said what did I just say like, I right. literally forgot. So, like, that could very well have happened to her where she's just, like you said, misremembering things. Like, that's believable, too. She just, I feel like maybe one day something's going to happen and it's going to click and it's going to trigger a memory that she didn't realize she had. And right. maybe that's that'll be possible. the puzzle piece that, that's needed for her case. Right. That's very possible. And... I don't know. I don't know what happened to her, but I'm glad that regardless whether or not she did this to herself or somebody did it to her, I am glad that she survived what happened. Yes, definitely. Well, you can check out all of our things on our website at crashdressandcrime.com. And until next time. Bye. Bye.